1: To the Heavy Metal Mayhem Radio Show. It is the last Sunday of February 2018. Next week we move on into March. The year is already flying by fast, and I would like. And it. it seems like as we get older, that just seems to happen to all of us in life. But hey, listen, we got a great way to close out the month of February. Our good friend Brian Holland from Reverence, he's on tonight's show. We'll be talking to Brian in a little over an hour. First up tonight, Al Ravage and the Duke from Iron Will will be calling in in about a half hour. We'll get on as much music as we can tonight in between. And uh, I think we have a few new things uh, on the playlist tonight. I have to go through and see. Uh, I haven't really checked myself, to be honest. I put all this together earlier on in the week. But whatever it is, it's always a lot of classic 80s metal here like always. All right, right there. Merciful Fate. None's having no fun. Still waiting on that Fate reunion. It should happen one day. I hope sooner than later. But The King is working on a DVD from his kind of reunion tour from a few years back. That's gonna come out as well as new music for a new album, which I believe we might get sometime by the end of this year. But it's the Merciful Fate one I'm waiting for. Get that original lineup back together while everybody is alive and healthy and let's hit the road. I know it'll be a blockbuster. Is it gonna sell at Madison Square Garden? No. But it'll definitely hit some of the bigger clubs and maybe some of the smaller, like, you know, type of arena places. It would be pretty cool to see them again. All right, let's keep the music flowing here. How about some black lace? I miss Marianne. I wish she would get back into music. We had her on the show. We know that she can't these days, but I do miss her singing. Here's On the Attack. With Tyrants of Hell A lot of punch In that two minute song Sort of like my sex life But about 90 seconds longer So I love those guys All right, Uh, Iman's been asking about John Cyrus That he's been missing I don't know where the guy Disappeared to He was a little off the wall To begin with (laughs) Uh, But he's really He really hasn't heard from In a long time But Going back to the Agent Steel days, that Skeptic's Apocalypse record is probably one of my all-time favorite records. There are like 10 records I could play over and over again from start to finish, and that is definitely one of them. Uh, I know he had the band going again for a while, and then it was off and on. He had 100,000 other different things happening, but he's really been under the radar for a very long time. So when our good friend Steve Games calls in in a few weeks, maybe he'll have some info on him. We'll have to ask him when he's on the show. Uh, but right now, 144,000 gone. And I definitely think John is one of them.
2: through <laughs> the night. Right.
1: Blackstar, to your knees. You know, you wouldn't think Oklahoma back in the 80s would have been a hotbed for heavy metal. And I'm sure if you spoke to a lot of the bands that you'd probably agree, but quite a few great bands came out of that area. Uh, Blackstar, as far as I know, they didn't have any recorded material on record. There were a few demos. Uh, That one song appeared on, I believe, the Iron Tyrants compilation that came out around '84. But other than that, there was really nothing recorded by the guys that I know of. Right? There are some demos floating around out there. Even I don't have them. Uh, I have to start looking for them and try to get them. But I'm going to try to reach out to a member of the band and I see if I can get them on the show. All right. In about 10 minutes or so, we'll be talking to the guys from Iron Will. Uh, Friday night, I went to Manhattan. saw so my first show of 2018 Here Udo, Dirk Schneider came back to do his Accept Tour, his final tour. I interviewed Udo before the show. Uh, We'll get that on next week because we had a whole bunch of live guests on tonight. So we'll save that interview for next Sunday. He put on an amazing show. I got to tell you, he sounded just as good as he did back in the 80s. You know, there's not a lot of chit-chat at an Udo show. He doesn't do a lot of talking in between songs. A couple of words here and there. He played two hours straight. You know, And he kind of focused more on the albums that he didn't focus on the first time around. He hit up all the big wreckage and, and songs. This time, he focused on a lot of other stuff. I mean, the encore was basically all the stuff from Balls to the Wall, the big hits from Balls to the Walls and Restless and Wild. Uh, but a lot of the music actually came off of Objection Overruled and Russian Roulette and some of those albums that came out later, as well as a couple of odd songs here and there from the earlier music. But like I said, he sounded great. I enjoyed it. had a really good time. Uh, the, one of the bands that opened up Elm Park uh, I never heard of them before I mean I heard of the name but I really never heard of them, the music I never gave them a chance Young band from Australia They looked and the sounded great uh, Another band I'm going to look into And start uh, playing some music for on this show You know one thing about Udo I mean hearing him do you know, I've seen Accept with uh, Mark on vocals uh, Probably three times already Since they've gotten back together with Mark singing with them And they sound great live. And Mark always had a little bit of Udo in him. Even back in the early days when TT Quick did a lot of covers, they did a lot of accept music. And, you know, Mark was always great at doing that. So getting him in the band in accept was pretty cool because he kind of has that Udo sound to him. And a lot of the new music they were recording, little by little, each album is moving a little further and further away from that sound. Even though it still sounds like accept. But there's something like, you know, when you see Udo and you hear him doing those old songs and his voice, it's just incredible to hear the old classics with him singing it. But something's lacking a little bit with the the rest of the band because it's not Wolf Hoffman's guitar and a lot of the other musicians that played on the early, except. but, you know, when Wolf and Udo are together, it's just an incredible sound. Will it ever happen again? I doubt it. I don't know. Never say never. Who the hell knows? But there's something missing a little bit with each of them, but they both look and sound great. And Udo did a, he put on a great show. That's all I can say about that. We'll get on a lot of Udo and accept music next week when we play that interview. We got about five minutes until the guys from Iron Will call in. And uh, we'll get on one more song between now and then. Let's see what we can do right here for everybody. How about some Medieval, The Seventh Seal? <laughs> All right, I reached out to the guys in Medieval to try to get them on the show. Hopefully, we can make that happen. You know, it goes two ways, and you kind of uh, dig up old bands from the past who really haven't been active or done anything in a long time. You get some of them where they're really talkative and they have a lot of stories to tell and a lot to say about the old days. Like, you know, like Dirk Kennedy did last week. That guy was great. I mean, he has so many stories to tell. I wish we had more time in the show to keep him on, (laughs) but we didn't. Uh, Or you get the ones where, like, you ask them a million questions, and they have no answers. They have nothing to say. They don't recall anything. Uh, (laughs) Nothing comes to mind. Uh, They don't remember this. They don't remember that. Uh, you know, I kind of get that, but sometimes I say to myself when I actually come on for an interview, if you don't really have anything to say or talk about or remember anything, just tell me, go listen, I really don't remember much about the band or what happened. We really didn't do much. we just recorded a demo or two, and you know don't even come on but they do, and it's like dead air, so we try you know we try to find the people that are really talkative." And see what happens but you know uh Dirk kennedy and hitman they got a show coming up in queens at blackthorn 51 i believe it's a tuesday night april 24th or 26th whatever that tuesday is uh so it's hard for me to go during the week to shows because i work at night uh but i am going to try to make it there because you never know if you're going to see them again live after the keep it true festival you know Dirk says they're going to keep it going and i hope they do with new music and maybe doing more local shows I am going to do my best to get to that one because I do want to see them live. It's been since the mid-80s that I caught them at LaMore, so uh, I'm looking forward to that without a doubt. All right, the guys from Iron Will should be calling in any minute, so we're just going to chill out and wait for them. We'll see what happens. Uh, It looks like Exodus aren't going to be putting out new music till the end of 2019, so we have almost a two-year wait. In my opinion, that's way too long. I mean, I know Gary's part of Slayer now, and they're out in their final tour, so that's going to probably consume the next year and a half of his time. Uh, but it seems like ever since he joined Slayer and he said that, you know, he was going to be keeping both bands going, he just completely, you know, lacked put any time or effort into Exodus over the last couple of years. And it's a shame because he was basically one of the only original members outside of the drummer, you know, in the group. And he was really the main driving force musically. It was pretty cool when, when Zetro got back into the band a few years back. So you figure, you know, with two and, you know, two and a third of the original members, and you know, Zetro's not original, he's been there since the second record for most of the career. It would have been a great thing, but it just didn't happen that way. So hopefully something will change, and maybe they will try to get out new music this year. And and, In the genre of metal, going two years is a very long time to go without putting out new music when you're an active band, Uh, because things could just change overnight. Nobody learned that lesson from the 80s. I mean, I don't think the scene is going to go anywhere anymore, but everybody's getting older, and as we get older, it gets harder and harder to do a lot of things. So we'll see what happens. I'm definitely going to try to catch Slayer on this last tour see them one final time i've caught them dozens of times over the years not so many times since the late 80s but you know quite a few so i'm looking forward to seeing them even though i don't feel the same about them now as i did back then i kind of lost the film around the fourth record you know around the fourth record the sound and style started to change for me but it is what it is all right right five also have a brand new record out uh it's a good album but like i said once before. I don't consider this to be riot. I know Dave is going to severely disagree with me on that. Uh, and I, I do love the music that they put out now, and I do love Todd's voice. He's one of the best singers in the business, in my opinion. And it's great anytime you can hear him on a record. Matter of fact, you know Todd was a frontman for uh, Reverence until uh, recently. Uh, and they have a new singer themselves who's even better, I think, than Todd, in my opinion. And that's saying a lot, I think he's an amazing vocalist. But it just does not sound like Riot to me. It sounds like really good European power metal. It just doesn't sound like Riot. And, you know, one of my rants has always been that. I love that when these festivals started years ago, they tried to reunite a lot of these classic metal bands from back in the day. And they were pretty successful at getting a lot of them together. I mean I get it. You have a band that hasn't been active in twenty five years, trying to find all four or five original members and getting them back, it's not easy. Sometimes, a lot of sometimes these members aren't even alive anymore, which is a shame. I mean they just they passed away over the years. Some of them have given up on music altogether where they don't even know how to play their instruments anymore. But when you get two or three of the key members of the band together, especially the guitar player and the singer, I mean, you know, you can get by and do it, but as the years went by, you've seen now, like, these festivals are content to just get, you know, one member of a band together. They'll take a classic underground band from the 80s, and if they could just get the drummer and tell the drummer to put four other members out there, they're putting them on the bill. And to me, that's disgraceful. I mean, look, okay, I'm not saying anything bad about drummers. I'm a, I was a bass player myself, we're always the last to next to the drummers. But, you know, if I'm going to go see a band from back there, like, if you're putting Power Lord back together, I don't want to go see them with, you know, just a bass player. You know, that's not the band to me, you know, and that's what seems to be happening. When we had Alan Tecchio. Uh, from Hades on the show, he was talking about that. How I don't remember what festival uh, wanted him on. Well, they really wanted Hades on there, and then I guess things fell apart with him and Dan Lorenzo. Like, well, we don't need the rest of the band. We just need you to come here, and you can do it like a best of set or a mix of other stuff. And that was kind of killing it to me. I love that Hitman got that classic lineup back together. One member passed away. Nothing you could do about that. Siren got most of the members back together that are still active, and they're going over there to play. So that's pretty cool. But when you get these bands, that are like the bass player and nobody else you ever I heard of before. That's not a reunion to me. That's not, you know, seeing those classic bands playing live anymore. I'm sorry, that's just the way I feel about that. And, you know, Riot is sort of the same thing. I mean, without Mark Riel, there's nobody in Riot that was part of that classic Riot lineup. Anybody was even in there midway through the band's career. You know, it's just the guitar play played with him the last few years of, of Riot. But I do like the music. I really do. I just wish they would have went off and, and changed the name into something different. But I know in this business, you know, a lot more attention is going to be brought to the band by using the original names or names of the bands that, you know, they played in. Because starting all from scratch, it's hard. I get that. So people say, Riot. I heard of Riot. Riot 5. It's the fifth version of Riot. You give the band a different name, people are like, who the hell are these guys? So I, I, I do get it, but I don't like it. And I, like I said before, I know Dave is going to disagree with me and be upset because he's a big Riot fan and, and a Todd Michael Hall fan. And, and so am I. I just wish they would have gave it a different name. Uh, you know what, I, mean, I wasn't going to play any music because I was waiting for the guys from Iron Will to call in, uh, but it looks like they're running a little late if they even call in at all. So uh, let's jump into something uh, new by Riot. I think I have one song lined up by them, if if I even have that. I don't know if I put it on or not today. Uh, you want to know something? I didn't even upload it. I thought I did. But it looks like I didn't. So that's gonna have to wait till next week, I guess, anyway. So all that talking and, and we don't even have a song to play by them. All right, we'll do that next week. I apologize. I thought I might have had something here. All right, let's jump into the rods. The next next thing, let them eat metal. <laughs> Right, we got the guys from Iron Will on the line. For some reason, the station line is busy, but we'll connect them here on the cell. Hang on. Al, this is Mike. Are you there? i Can you hear me? I can hear you. I'm sorry. To, a lot of people calling in, and we were getting business signals, but I'm glad we got through. That's cool. That's cool. Right, listen, it's really cool to talk to you. Uh, tell me what's going on with Iron Will. Is this like a side project outside of Ravage for you?
0: It's a project we've had for um, many, many years, actually. We, we never really uh, recorded anything with it. Uh, we had a lot of songs put together um, and uh, pretty much a full concept album uh, since almost the get-go,
1: but we were just kind of putting together for about 17 years and never recorded anything <laughs> uh, until
0: uh, just recently. What took Apparently so long?
1: You know, was, it, was it just time?
0: Um <laughs> got back together, I, I think we just never really had the opportunity to um, build the, um, the the time and the resources to it, uh, and to do it properly, so we never, we just kept putting it on the back burner, and just, uh, we would play shows and stuff, but we never really got around to recording anything, we recorded some demos, I should say, but uh, it, it was always one of those things where the we get to recording a couple of songs, and then the guy who was recording us would just disappear or something yeah. mysteriously, it's a, so we were never able to play anything together, so it's a kind of an ancient band, but uh, we've got a brand new album, and it's
1: finally out there. Yeah, I know, Life is Your Labyrinth, a nice job, I mean, were these songs written, or you know, back when the band first started, like 17, 18 years ago, or was it more recent that you put the whole thing together?
0: Uh, a couple of them are almost brand new, but uh, the bulk of the songs, probably like eight or nine songs that are on there. Um, of oh, uh, I think 11 or 12 songs on the album are, um, Were uh, written back as far as 2000, 2001 <laughs> so, <laughs> so they've been kicking around for a
1: while Yeah, I mean uh, they, they sound great the <laughs> I was saying, they sound great I mean, did you worry about them sounding dated? Because, you know, 17 years A lot changes over that time period But they sound they sound relevant They sound like they're, they're modern Yeah, I
0: mean uh, I guess it would have sounded dated 17, 20 years ago, so, so we weren't <laughs> really worried about that, you know, it, it, the band had kind of a, a classic sound, um, because we were just playing really simple heavy metal tunes, and um, uh, and that was what we liked, and it, it was kind of like um, uh, a respite from uh, our other bands, because we would just kind of get together and jam, and we just kind of put the songs together at practices based off of like some riff that you know, we'd pull out of the air and we just jam on it. So it was a very kind of loose thing that it was just kind of a fun thing and nobody stressed about anything, but it was kind of uh, – so it was, you know, it's just a fun thing and not uh, – you know, we weren't um, worried about taking over the world, but that things were allowed to get kind of um, pushed over to the side and, and um, procrastinated to the point where it took 17 years to get it done, I guess, uh, you know, longer than Chinese democracy or I don't know what the record is. <laughs> Yeah. the band,
1: it's pretty close. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I guess you and Tony have been there since the beginning, the two of you. Was this just meant to be like a studio project? Because I see you got a live show coming up. Did you put a band together behind it, or was it a lot of the guys from Ravage?
0: Uh, well, it wasn't originally. It was, um, it wasn't, uh, no, I, I wouldn't have called it a studio project, uh, because I don't know if we ever even had designs on really recording and helping. We just kind of wanted to have a band uh, uh, on the side to help Tony out. Um, what happened was um, uh, we had seen Tony, this was going way back into the late 90s, we saw Tony performing with his old band on public access television. He had a metal band that was called Scorched Earth in the Boston area. And uh, we thought they were really cool because he was doing these power screens and they were trying to sound like very, um, you know, they were like Crimson Glory influenced and, uh, and you know, trying to be Rob Halford and uh, uh, just doing a lot of, like, classic metal with, with power screams in a very simplistic way because they were just kind of, like, a bunch of guys who were together from high school and they just kind of like the same music and they are playing out. Uh, so we always wanted to play a show with them. So we put a show together with them and I think it was 1998, uh, at a local bar. And uh, after that band broke up, shortly thereafter, uh, we were just kind of like, well, we should we should form a band with this guy because he's got this cool voice. <laughs> he's doing you know kind of do these screams, um, you know, in, in the, the Rob Halford vein. Uh, and he had a, kind of a talent for doing these high screams back then. Uh, so my brother Eli and I, he's, he's the guitarist of Ravage. Uh, we're like, okay, let's let's get together with him and form another band. <laughs> Pretty much play the same kind of music we were playing, but with a different singer. Yeah. Uh, I I was um, always one who wanted to play drums, so I picked up the drums, uh, which I've been you know playing off and on for a long time. And um, we just started jamming. And uh, as far as bass players go, we we're using a local bass player, Rich Birdie, who was in Out of Ravage. Uh, and then when he moved to Florida a, a few years back. Um, uh Nick the guitar the other guitarist for Ravage started playing bass, so it it is kinda like Ravage backing Toby at this point. Yeah. It just gotta get together that way.
1: You prefer sitting behind the drum set instead of being out front on the mic? Um Yeah, I mean it's
0: it's cool. I mean I think I always wanted to be a drummer. I started out playing drums when I was a kid. Um and I I think I always wanted to be the drummer of Ravage I just <laughs> We can never find a singer. When when we started out, I was actually playing drum dancing at the same time. Yeah. uh, Which wasn't working out the best because I could only play like the simplest beats. Yeah. We played some very very simple stuff back then. And then um, uh, I wanted to pick it up again, and so it's 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 cool. It's it's a different different vibe where I can just kind of sit back and just you know your only worry is remembering the songs because people aren't even. That's sorry being paying attention to you back there, not doing anything crazy, but um, it's it's fun. It's
1: a good time. Yeah, it makes you appreciate somebody like Dan Bieler from excited the way he plays the things at the same time. It's especially when you're a drummer and a singer. You know how difficult that could be. Oh yeah, those,
0: those guys are really good at it. I, I can't even. I can't even imagine. Those. Yeah. <laughs> how the hell they do it? It's know?
1: incredible. But, uh, but uh, what's going on with Ravage? I mean, I know you had a return to the spectral writer uh, last year you know, kind of take off on the Spectrum Rider record, a redone of it, but it's been since uh, I think 2009, since the end of Tomorrow came out. Any new music planned uh, for that band?
0: Yeah, we, we actually, we've got a bunch of music uh, together. Right now we're kind of on a um, like a two-month, two-three-month um, break uh, because uh, Eli the guitarist is actually recording uh, the our drummer's other band which is um, CX. They're kind of a um, Traditional metal, um, thrash, speed metal thing. Um, so he's, uh, he's recording them. So once they're done recording their new album, uh, we're going to get back together and start learning the, the new material, hopefully for another recording. And then shortly after that, uh, we're actually supposed to be heading to Europe this summer. So we're supposed to do a tour with uh, CX and also the thrash band Lich King which will culminate with uh, the Headbangers Open Air Festival, which we're playing at the uh, end of July, I believe. So we're actually playing some shows. And then um, we are also doing um, a one-off show up in um, Chicago uh, at the Allegiance of Metal Festival with uh, TKO and Bitch and a bunch of other bands, awesome bands playing that. Uh, So we're going to be playing some shows. we just on the recording front. We're probably not going to be able to get recording until the end of the year.
1: Oh, I mean, you know, the festivals are a cool thing because you get to play in front of nice sized audiences. How do you feel about the ones here in the U.S.? Like, Legion of the Middle, looks like it's getting better and better. Last year was kind of the first one. It came out of another festival. Uh, you know, is, is, is the crowd's just as good here in the U.S. as they're over in Europe when you go to a festival?
0: Yeah, I mean, those, those... Uh, we actually had the opportunity to play, um, we played the Ragnarok, or before it was Legions of Metal, or it's not really the same, it's in the same venue, but it's not really the same promoters, yes. uh, uh, with Iron Will, actually, um, and and before that, we played the Warriors of Metal Festivals, with both Iron Will and Ravage, when they were um, uh, taking place in Ohio, those were pretty cool, um, those are a little... A little looser as far as the organization went, but uh, some cool bands played. I mean, we played with Manila Road and uh, Hellstar, and they, those are awesome shows. It just they weren't that well uh, attended because they were in the middle of you know, middle of nowhere in a field. Hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, they, the uh, Ragnarok Fest was really well put together, and that was in a, a you know a good venue for that kind of festival. And I think the Leeches Metal should be good too.
1: I, I agree. I mean, do you see things getting better here in the U.S.? I mean, you know, everybody's focused on Europe, because it is a it is a more strong and a consolidated scene over there, but, you know, I mean, most of us live here in the U.S., so this is where we're going to be playing most of the time. Do you see things getting better?
0: Yeah, I, I think overall, um, things have gotten a lot better, as far as, you know, traditional metal and, and thrash go. I mean, there, there is actually a scene where, where, where there wasn't a scene, you know, 15, uh, 17 years ago. Um, so, or even even ten years ago, I mean, um, as far as the, the, the traditional metal scene goes in, in America, you can put on a festival like that, and um, and pretty much be at the same level as probably the low level festivals in Europe. You know, we're not we haven't got the the big fucking festival, but um, we've got you know uh, we're able to attract some you know some cool bands, um, older bands, and and get a, a full club crowd to see those underground bands so you know what more do you want Pretty
1: cool. yeah that's true i mean i think we turn the point now with the scene where you know it's it's never going to fall apart the decline like it did in the late 80s early 90s it's just going to ride a steady course until i guess most of us drop dead
0: yeah i mean i i, I don't know um how bands like uh like visigoth or, or you know the, the smaller bands that are actually doing touring Uh, How they're doing on their headlining gig? Um, I know that um, Night Demon is playing uh, a lot of headlining shows, and they seem like they're doing pretty well in small clubs. Um, So I guess that's the true test of that kind of scene, because when we tried it back in 2009, there was no scene out there for us. Uh, You know, uh, we were playing empty empty clubs around the country. But um, uh, as far as those festivals go, you know that's a start, and um, and I think it's just it's encouraging to see a lot of bands springing up. I think when we were Playing out, um, you know, even like seven to ten years ago, there just weren't that many bands of that ilk that were playing. Uh, but just within the last probably five years, a lot of speed metal and, and traditional metal bands have kind of sprung up, and there's uh, at least um, bands playing the music, and then we'll see how uh, if, if people are going to go out to the shows. But um, there's plenty of new music to be found out there.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. Finding it today is getting to be the hard part because every time you turn around, a new band is popping up somewhere, and some of them are serious and they've got something going on. Other ones are just a bunch of kids throwing stuff up on the Internet and disappearing, so it's kind of hard to find out what you're looking for, but when you do, there is a lot of good music out there today.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've been surprised by how many uh, bands that really have it together are showing up. Um, if you look at, like, uh, there's a, um, a channel on YouTube uh, which I discovered called the uh, New Wave of Traditional Metal. It's like a new, uh, you know, fully put-together band that just shows up every every two days on that, it seems like from Sweden or, or even from the United States. There are all kinds of bands that are showing up. Um, uh, so, and, and they, you know, they've got, uh, you know, completely uh, classic-looking uh, cover art and good production and everything. So they're light years beyond what we were doing. When we were starting out playing basement
1: tapes you know 20 years ago so that's true and now uh, i'm gonna have to cut you loose in a few minutes i got another guest lined up i know we got a late start today because you probably couldn't get through the line's been busy for some reason i'm sorry about that but wh- what do you have coming up with iron Will? i know you've got a show coming up real soon and more importantly where can people go to buy you know this album is it on cd or is it just digital Yeah, you know, a lot of people
0: don't realize that the uh, the album is available on cd and um uh, it's available right now uh, in the U.S. It's available through the band. If you go to our Facebook page, which is uh, facebook.com/theironwill, if you just send us a message, you can buy it through us. Um, or uh, CD Baby is the um, CDBaby.com is the um, distributor for the U.S. And where uh, some uh, European distros should be carrying the, actual, the physical CDs pretty soon. Um, we're basically going to process of mailing those up to them. So within the next few weeks, you should be able to get it, uh, the physical copies um, through mailers and stuff. Uh, but you can download the, uh, uh, you know, the digital version if you need some immediate gratification through iTunes or Amazon. It's out there everywhere digitally right now.
1: Uh, that's good news, uh, Al. Okay. Good to hear that. And what do you got? Where's your show at? Where's the show you're playing coming up at? more
0: shows, so just uh, check the Ironwell Facebook page, um, and that's uh, that's the best way to get the latest information on the band, but um, you know, if anybody's interested in booking the band for any kind of festival or something, we'll do that too, so just uh, get in
1: contact with us. That sounds great. I'm going to put the link up on our site so people can find you guys and buy this great record. Al, it was great talking to you again. I hope we get to see you guys live one day. Hey, that'll be fantastic. I hope that happens. Appreciate you having me on. You too, Al. Take care. Good talking to you. Right. Take music. Take care. All right, Al Ravage. We got a late start for some reason. They were trying to call into the station, and it was just not working tonight. I don't know why. We're getting a lot of busy signals here, but let's get on some music right now. How about we do a little Messiah Steel, Hellfire and Brimstone?
0: say grace today i would like for us to pause for a moment of silence in memory of our friends that were lost this morning through jesus christ our lord we pray
1: amen Satan with Blades of Steel, another one of my records that I can't live without. Caught in the Act by Satan from way back in the day. The band got back together some years ago with the classic lineup, put out two amazing records. They've actually been hit to the United States two or three times so far since then. Love those guys. Looking forward to seeing them again. All right, let's jump into some brand new reverence right now, and then we will be talking to Brian right after that in about a minute or two. Let's just play a quick one right now. Here's our final flight. Mike, how are you, my friend? Hey, how are you, brother? I'm doing good. Sorry I couldn't get you to call into the station. Uh, something's going on with the lines tonight, but hey, I'm happy to have you on here. Yeah,
2: I'm glad to be here. Thanks
1: for having me. Uh, it's always fun. It's been a couple of years since we've spoken. You know, a lot's gone on with the band in that in that time period over there, so we're going to have to do a lot of catching up today. Yeah, it's been a while, for sure. Absolutely. Well, more importantly, how's Phoebe doing? I'm I'm glad to hear that.
2: She eats me out of house at home,
1: man. It sounds like my wife. <laughs> um, listen, I- I'm glad to have you on here, Brian. All kidding around the side. Listen, the new EP, Foreverance, amazing. I mean, I was wondering how the band was going to sound with a new singer, and you guys haven't skipped a beat. I mean, I think you actually went up a notch.
0: Come on in. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, doesn't matter. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, not that Todd. Uh, Todd was fantastic. You know, we wrote well together. We had a good chemistry. Uh, we had, you know, we wrote a lot of good songs. He's a good guy. I don't really have a problem with him. He just, you know, got tied up with this whole Riot V thing. And and it just we kept getting pushed further and further out. And we finished that second record, the Gods of War record. Trying to, you know,
1: Today is that so many band members or musicians dedicate themselves to too many bands that when there's that one band that should be the most important, they just don't have the time to dedicate to it. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean because you know you can't make any money on the one, so you want to do another one, or they're not as active because they can't make money. <clears throat> so in order to you know stay up on your game and and especially singers, you know they got they got to keep the muscle active, they got to sing a lot, you know and so, I mean, Todd, for instance, was in, you know, he was with Jack Starr and, and the Riot thing, and he had, a, he had a a side band that was a cover band, which I never really cared about any of that stuff as long as we had our place. And, and Scott does the same thing. He's got an Iron Maiden band, and he's got some other projects, and he's done some guesting on some other albums, and it's all good. You know, but I know where Scott's loyalty is, and it seemed like it wasn't quite the same with Todd after the first record. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. that's just how yeah, it is. You know, And so we've moved on and, uh, you know, obviously released a new EP with brand new songs with Scott. And I couldn't be happier,
1: man. I mean, I think the band sounds fantastic. Absolutely. I mean, it holds on to the older stuff, but yet it's moving the band also in a different direction and a really good one. And, and I know Pete passed away about a year or so ago, so, you know, you got a new guitar playing the band also. And that was a shame.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, honestly, it was a real blow. Public that he, you know, I we tried to keep it quiet for the family's sake, but the family's come out and, and made it publicly known he was he was taking some drugs, and uh, we had no clue. I I don't I didn't see him, but every you know so many months when we get together and record, excuse me, and write. Um, so I wasn't with him, uh, you know, day in and day out, or even once a week. Uh, he lives seven hours away from me. I'm in Southwest Michigan. He's in Pittsburgh. So. he didn't didn't, uh, divulge that information to us, and and we we weren't those kinds of people to be able to even recognize signs, otherwise I would have helped the man get some help, but, you know, it it was a tremendous loss in the fact that I lost my friend, I lost, you know, a guy that I I co-wrote from the beginning, and and then the thought of, you know, trying to get somebody to replace a guy like him because he was such a stellar guitar player, You know, it's not just the musicianship that comes into it. You're trying to get a good person, and Pete was a good person. He was a great guy. He was uh, my friend, but he just got himself in a lot of trouble with doing some drugs. But it didn't take away from the fact that he was a wonderful guy. And to try to find that balance again is very, very daunting. It's uh, difficult. And I think I got really fortunate. The band got fortunate in the fact that Paul Clef contacted me a few days after. He knew uh, Pete from a distance and made himself available, and he played with Metal Church and stuff. So I knew he had some experience. And and he, you know, he's not Pete, but you can't expect him to be Pete. You can't expect anybody coming in. You can't expect Scott to be Todd. You just, you know, you hope that they nail the parts as best they can, and, and Paul does an admirable job. He does a fantastic job uh, in his own right, in his own way. And, and that's all we can do is just try to keep – true to the music the best we can, but these are some fantastic guys that have come in recently over the past, I
1: don't know, year and a half. I agree. I mean, when you look at for new members and trying to keep it, keep it going, I mean, what's more important? Is it more important that you look for somebody with the right chemistry or, you know, somebody says, you know what, I'm here, I'm all in, I'm ready to dedicate whatever we have to do, recording, touring, or do you try to find a combination of both, which could almost be impossible today? It is.
0: You know, you don't necessarily want just some guy that can shred and do scales and, you know, uh, sweet picking. That's not what it's about. It's about, okay, is this guy on the same level? Does he come from the same place? Does he come from the same cloth? You know, does he does he have a recording experience? Does he had, you know, live experience? all those things come into play, and then on top of it, we got to have a good guy, somebody I'm not going to sit here and argue with, and, and that, that takes away from the morale of trying to do what we're trying to do. Uh, you got to get level-headed people, and it's that's trying to find that combination is super hard, you know. And I've managed to strike, you know, strike uh, gold with both Pete and Paul, and then Todd and then Scott. These are fantastic guys that are really. They're in the game. They want to be on the
1: team, and they're willing to do whatever they gotta do to make the songs great. And, and it's really hard to find people like that. I'm very lucky. It's true. I mean, the new EP, *Forever*, I was gonna say EP, it is an EP. But back in the '80s, six songs would have been considered an album for most bands. But today, it seems like bands have to put out records with 11 or 12 songs on there. I mean, this is just a this is just a great product. I mean, did you want to keep it kind of short? kind of started before Pete had passed away, and I just I was trying to get it out a little earlier because I wanted it I wanted something out with Scott,
0: and we had European dates already lined up for last year, and then when Pete passed away we we had to you know delay those, so we're pushing for those for this one to, uh, to to reschedule those, but we were planning the EP all along with just a handful of songs and. Uh, we, I wasn't able to really ever do any kind of instrumental stuff on an album, which I always loved, you know, when Rick Emmett would throw, you know, a, a little instrumental piece or two on every Triumph record. You know, it was really cool.
1: Yeah.
0: And it, it never would work out on the previous albums that I did with Todd. So, okay, let's, you know, let's just take that opportunity now and be able to throw a couple of those on there. And then when Pete passed away, it turned into more of a dedication, you know, to... And believe it or not, you gotta almost have like this little healing process. Like, a, this is just for him, and then we're gonna move on. And it's not, we're gonna forget about it, we're not gonna keep the music alive. It's just, we, you know, personally, on a personal level, to move on, we can't just sit there and dwell on it. You know, it, it's a difficult thing already over, you know, nearly a year later here. And, uh, you know, and then Scott, we, we're actually mixing a, a live album right now. Throw a couple of those live songs on here and kind of give people a taste of what the ne- what's the next thing that's coming out. And I thought it was a great idea. But in doing that, you know, we ended up with about thirty minutes, which you know some albums nowadays come out to about thirty minutes. And, yeah. You know, that's pretty long for an EP, but I mean, you definitely use your money's worth. You know, I think for five or six dollars, you get thirty minutes worth of music. It's pretty good. Uh,
1: absolutely, you know, a lot a lot of bands actually go on the route of EPs today or singles because they feel like. A lot of people have short attention spans They don't want to spend An hour listening to a record I'm not one of them personally But A lot of bands are doing that They're putting out Four or five songs Maybe once or twice a year Every other year or, You know Once a year Just to keep the music going You find people today Just don't have the dedication Or the time to listen For an album Straight through
0: I don't know if that's it Or just Working on a, a single collection, an album of new music, or just let's just do you know just three, four, five songs and then just throw that out there. You know, I, the way that music is is uh, digested now is completely different than the way you and I grew up. So I guess then you know you have to reevaluate how you present it to people and then how quickly you present it because you know as great as the media is or the social media. That message out just the masses for little to nothing cost unfortunately it means everybody in their brother's band can do the same thing so there's you know you're just awash in this huge flood of music Decrease record,
1: and you're willing to wait two or three years. It's just, it's completely different now. Uh, it's true, I mean, you, like I said, you go back to the 70s and the 80s, you know, you, they put out a record, tour for the next year, record, tour for the next year, it was like, it was a, a cycle. They were, I mean, Kiss would put out two records a year in the 70s. You, you know, I mean, that's, like, true. that's just the way it was yeah. back then, but today it is different, and there is so much, and I mean, having the show, I'll get 100 music submissions a week, and most of them are, are one-man bands one guy in the studio recording everything on his own, and to me, like, I don't really want to dedicate my time or get involved in that. I'd rather spend it with the bands that are looking to go somewhere and make something and, and actually play and perform. To me, that's what it's all about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you're, you're doing what you're, whatever your heart and mind tell you to do, but, yeah, I mean, it's so simple to do recording now. I mean, the first record we did, we did it in the real studio, and I ended up throwing away probably 80% of the tracks because they were junk. Just you know, I ended up getting software and recording basically everything on my laptop. So you know, everybody and their brother can do the same thing. I mean, varying qualities of of product and finish and and songs, but you know, you're you're flooded the market with uh, all kinds of music. And you know, like you said, Kiss, they were putting out multiple records in a year. Steely Dan, one album every single year. I mean. Out. you know, if you disappear for two years, it's you're two, three years, you're toast.
1: Yeah, I was saying that earlier in the show, I was like, you know, bands wait so many years today to put out records, and you know, the scene just changes so quick, Tomorrow, some new fan will come around, and before you know it, something else is gone, and something else new is coming in, and you're lost in, in the midst. that hard to try to keep this thing going? I mean, Have you ever thought about just throwing in the towel saying, you know what, I've had it. I I can't record another song. I can't go through a band change again. Has it ever gotten to that point that you just say, you know what, this is what I do and I'm going to keep it going for as long as I can as long as I'm enjoying it. Is Everybody contributing, everybody helping out, everybody mixing and melding their ideas together to come up with the sound of the form of the band. If you wanted it to be just you, you would have called it, you know, the Brian Holland Project just wrote everything on your own and recorded on your own. Right, right. Well, you know, which a fair amount of that ends up happening anyways, but you know, you do want to bring in the other guys. I mean, you want it to be
0: a, a team situation as best as you can. You know, there's always there's always been one leader in a band or two leaders, you know, there's always been Nikki Six that, that, you know, drove uh, Motley, and there's always, you know, uh, Plant and Page that drove Zeppelin, even though they wrote with the other guys, they were the focal point, those were almost like, uh, you know, the engineers of the train, and to some degree, you can get too many cooks in the kitchen, I'm using a lot of cliches here, but it's true, it's And it's not that they don't – and that I don't take in other consideration from the other guys. We definitely like that, you know. Who's to say, all my stuff is fantastic. Here, let's get these guys in here and get feedback and get their ideas thrown in. You know, but it does get difficult when, you know, you've got five different guys trying to go, you know, in different directions, and then you end up with nothing because no one can decide because there's no true leader. So – that's why, that's why you have to have level-headed people that, that get along and aren't going to wear their feelings on their sleeve, you know. It, you can take criticism, you can take, you know, well, you know, it's not such a great idea, let's try this, you know. And that's happened with me, and it's not, I, that's not such a great idea, let's try a different idea, you know. You've got to be able to be self-critical and self-editing.
1: And it's uh, it can be tough, you know, but we're still here, man. Well, I- I'm sure. I mean, that can go two ways. Like you said, a band like Motley Crue and Nikki Six kinda of wrote all the music and handled it. The rest of the guys were fine going along for the ride because they all had their individual personalities and each one kinda of stood out in the band. And you you do need that where there's one or two people leading the group into a certain direction. Then it go the other way where some of those guys feel kinda of left out or intimidated or, or they feel like they're being walked over. You have to really walk a fine line with people to say, you know, I can go to Brian and say, Listen, I'm not really crazy about this, let's try to change it to that. Or they feel like maybe they're a little too intimidated to go up to you because, let's face it, you are kind of the boss of the band. That's true.
0: But, you know, I mean, it's no different than when I somebody else, I don't necessarily like their idea, it's in the presentation, so when somebody says it back to me, it's all in the presentation, sure. hey, you know what, I, it's not really doing much for me, you
1: know, let's try this, okay, you know, when you go, man, that just sucks, you got anything else that's any better than that piece of shit, I mean, yeah, you, you have to get offensive, <laughs> that's why you have to have decent people, you know how to work together. Yeah, that sounds like my wife when we're in bed, I know exactly, I, I don't wear nothing on my sleeve anymore, <laughs> I know exactly what that sounds like. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly you know and it, it, it's uh it's trying to find a, an even balance i guess between great musicians and good people and it's a tough thing to do and we,
0: we've been lucky to find several you know people in the past even that, that we've been able to move forward with so yeah i'm super happy with the guys in the band and i'm, I'm looking forward to a solid you know uh a machine moving forward um you know, there's always unforeseen, but at this point, we're solid, man, it's great, it's that's,
1: good. That's the most important thing, I mean, do you have anything lined up for this year yet, or are you, are you working on putting on stuff together, I know it's early in the year. Well, as far as releases, we got this live album
0: we're mixing right now, in fact, just today I got another mix that I have to check out here when we get off the, off the interview, but uh, we're already writing for the next record, uh, so there is going to be a record, I just signed a, a deal. The European label that's coming out, so um, that's through uh, Roar Records, Rock of Angels. They're out of uh, Greece, great, uh, great label. Uh, looks like, and I've talked to some of the other musicians on the label. They've, they've done well with other groups, and we're and, uh, really looking forward to having a good relationship with those guys. Um, obviously, I had mentioned trying to reschedule these shows that we had in Europe from last year to this year. So that's. Been Already got a few shows for uh, later in this fall in the states. Um, we're going to be booking some more. I just hooked up with a booking agent down in Texas, uh, and we'll be probably hitting towards the, the East Coast because a couple of the guys, Scott and Russ, uh, the bass player, are both from Long Island. So we'll be probably hitting the, the East Coast a little harder than than the the, the west side of the of the U.S. How about them? way so, I mean, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of cooking. There's a lot cooking. You know, we would like. Know, we got we we, we don't make a, a ton of money at this this isn't you know rock stars where we're sitting with you know getting drunk every night with party and and girls and we, you know we we have occupations and we have families and things so we're just trying to do this uh, seriously but on a on a full time but yet yeah, part time basis
1: The festival circuit, is it hard to break into that? Is it hard to get your foot in the door? Because it seems like some of them are booked out years in advance these days. beginning you know that Brian I'll be with you till the end few minutes left in the show, and I want to get on some more music off the EP. Uh, the live record, when do you think we're going to see? Sometime by uh, mid-year, you think? For, for what? For, for, uh, for the live,
0: live record.
1: Uh, the live record, the release, uh, sometime this year? Uh,
0: live record, you know, with the, you know, the new record label, um, we were shooting for Late Spring um, originally, but with this new. by the fall but that might be a stretch too because we're still in writing mode so I don't know but there's you know there's lots coming you know we, we just threw this EP out there just before Christmas we got a live album coming we got some shows coming up uh, so you know it's not like we're just sitting here twiddling our thumbs so everybody can look out for new product right.
1: I know that where's the best place for people to keep in touch with the band just go to the Facebook page right now, the best of luck with the band, so how do your wife, people don't realize how hard she works behind the scenes keeping things going for you guys, you know, so, good job on this one, buddy, I appreciate
2: it, man, thank you, take care, have a good night,
1: you too, Brian, take care, buddy,
2: bye,
1: Brian Holland from Reverence, great guy, killer band, here's Fire Lord. That's about as good as it gets, right? All right. I want to thank Brian for being on the show tonight. The same with Al Ravage from Iron Will and his own band, Ravage. Hey, we kick off March next week. Our interview with Udo Dirk Schneider from the show the other night. We'll get that on next week. We only have one guest a week lined up so far for March. I have a tendency of booking like two guests a week. And then what happens is a lot of A&R people and promoters and publicity people come through and like, you know, these artists are in town. Can you interview them? And we wind up with three or four guests in a week. So this, this month I'm going to try keeping it to just one live guest and whoever else comes around that's looking for interviews. We'll just stick them in that week and add them to the show. But next week, Udo Dirk Schneider will be on the show. Who else do we have on in the month of March? Let me see. We've got our good friend, Steve Gaines from anger resort following the second week. Steve has got a lot going on. We'll talk to him all about that. August, A killer band out of Florida I've been trying to get these guys on the show for a long time Davey will be on the show And Philadelphia, a band out of New Orleans We played them a lot here on the program I love those guys That's who we got lined up so far for the month of March And like always there will be a lot more to come Alright, let's see what we can do right now Let's jump into some more music How about Squadron? Wings of Dreams (laughs) John Mickle, Thor. I mean, we had Thor on the show years ago. He was a real fun guy to talk to. I remember I saw them, I want to say around 83, maybe 84 at Lamar. And they were kind of gimmicky to me back then. You know, the music really wasn't that great. And, you know, he came out of stage, he was a bodybuilder, he used to blow up those big plastic water bottles and make them explode. But he had this really hot girl, like, doing backup vocals. I think her name was Cherry Bomb or something. I really don't remember her name, but I could have sworn that he was married to her, and I could be wrong about that, too. It was a very long time ago. Uh, but he's been around since the early 70s. I mean, the band I think was called Centaur or Centaurian. They changed names a few times before settling on floor in the late 70s. So he's been doing this for a long time. And the guy's built like a brick house. You know, he's still around doing it. He was just out on tour a few months ago. So. And they're still putting out new music. So it doesn't get any better than that, does it? All right, we're going to wrap it up here tonight. One more tune, and we're going to call it a week. Thank you to Brian Holland and Al Ravage for being our guest tonight. Next week, Udo Dirk Schneider. Here you go, some exciter, under attack. Take care, everybody. See you next Sunday.